You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 24-10. Defense actually played pretty real. Pat Mahomes was 16-28, 224, and two touchdowns. They held the Kansas City Chiefs to 77 yards on the ground. Geno was 25 of 40, 215, one touchdown, one interception. Could have had another one. Kenneth Walker had his first 100-yard rushing game in a while, 26 carries for 107. Seahawks in total, 31 rushes for 133 yards. DK Metcalf led the Seahawks with seven receptions, 81 yards. Travis Kelsey on the other other side has six for 113. When we look at these third down stats, man, the Hawks were two for 14. Not good enough, but the Kansas City Chiefs were three for 11. It was a tale of two halves. His defense played well in the first half, forced a lot of three and outs in the second half, played any better. At one point, the Seahawks were outgaining the Kansas City Chiefs, 120 to about 30-something, just weren't able to capitalize on opportunities when they had the football, lost the turnover battle 1-0. to zero. That was a key stat right there to look at going into this game. The Seahawks showed some promise, but just couldn't put up enough points. When we return, we're going to talk to Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seahawks. We're going to hear Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium, also players as they step up to the podium, and we will hear interviews from Jen Mueller in the locker room. All that is next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks post-game show. The Seahawks fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 24-10. to And now we are joined by the voice of the Seahawks, Steve Rabel. Rabes, I look at the Kansas City stat sheet, and there's no number that impresses me. I'm talking about from uh, yards gained on the ground, yards gained through the air, third downs. It felt like this defense had its best performance in the last month or so, but this offense just couldn't capitalize on opportunities. I think that was the the biggest part of the game. Uh, Bump, you're right. Had chances moving down the field, just could not find a way to get it in there. It it was tough going early on for the Seahawks. You know, only three points in that first half, and they got the ball into into you know field goal range, got into position a couple times, and just couldn't just couldn't push it past. Part of it was because there was just a, a lot of pressure on Geno early on. As I mentioned to Dave uh, Wyman uh, at the end of the game, uh, it was one of those. Uh, opportunities for the Seahawks that they kind of missed on and they just couldn't kind of recapture that. Uh, it's it's a shame, but that that's the way these games go. And the Chiefs are that kind of team. You know, they'll just sort of outlast you and they find a way to end up at, what, 12-3. Uh, and three. Hey, Raves, when um, you look at this run game, it was nice to see the commitment to the run. You got Kenneth Walker with 26 for 107. Uh, DJ Dallas contributed a little bit, two for 10, but overall 31 for 133. I think that's probably the most frustrating thing is that you see numbers that are that are marks. You know, if we hit this mark, we should be in this football game. And it felt like you were in this football game. But in a loss, it's nice to see the recommitment to the run and to see Kenneth Walker get back in his groove. Yeah, and, and that, that's a credit to the offensive line as well. You know, early on in the game, the offensive line was maybe getting pushed back a little bit into the backfield and maybe not making at the line of scrimmage what the Seahawks needed to do. They got some really good push in that second half. And I think they also committed to getting north and south. Wyman mentioned it a couple of times that you can't just keep trying to bounce it outside and hope something good is going to happen. Sometimes you just got to take it where the, the ball is designed to go and run over somebody. And I think that is one of the things that helped kind of generate some offense and kept the offense, the Seahawks offense that is, on the field. 
One way to keep Mahomes and company from scoring a lot of points is keep them sitting on that heated bench. And I thought we did a better job than we have in recent weeks of doing just that. Uh, you give up 24 points. Uh, the Chiefs are a pretty good football team. But, uh, you know, still a couple of explosive plays. The Seahawks are right in this game. Raise with all that being said, <laughs> the yes, Giants sir. lose to the Vikings. Yep. Um, you got the Lions taking an L. And you're hoping that the Commanders lose to the 49ers. There's still something to play for. That has to be the message going into the weekend. Hey, buddy, it's Christmas Eve. I think <laughs> put a red bow on it, call it a present, and say, here you go. You still have an opportunity in front of you. All those games you played earlier in the year, that four-game winning streak when everybody got really excited. And even during this last stretch where you lost four of five and now you've lost five of six, you still did enough and are doing enough to keep yourself in that playoff hunt. It would be a great way to, uh, to wrap up this season if the Seahawks can, can find their way into the playoffs. Uh, yes, we'll have to go someplace, travel somewhere, but that's okay. Uh, you'll have Tyler Lockett back by then. You'll maybe get uh, Abe Lucas back, uh, depending on the seriousness of the injury. The, I know he's got kind of a thigh injury plus a bad elbow. But you can get a few guys healthy perhaps these last couple of weeks and, uh, and still have a shot at the playoffs. And, and like you said, Bump, the way the offense and the way the running game played today, you're peaking now. You're coming back around at the right time. Well, Raves, we're wounded, we're limping, but we ain't dead yet. So we'll no see sir. what happens next, next week. Uh, you have a, a great trip back, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, Bump. Thanks. Say 12s, come celebrate with your favorite team and join us for our Seahawk fan appreciation game at Lumen Field. The Seahawks take on the L.A. Rams in Week 18 matchup on January 7th or 8th. Head over to Seahawks.com slash tickets and get your tickets today. When we return, we'll hear from Pete at the podium. That's coming up next. The Seahawks fall to the Chiefs 24-10. Seahawks fall in Kansas City 24-10. to a great effort by this defense, man. I mean, they kept them in the game. A bunch of three and outs. Second half, they outrushed them, or excuse me, outgained them on the ground for the majority of that second half. Really, the biggest plays came. Travis Kelsey had a 20-yard reception, a 52-yard reception, and by that time, you knew it was over. There's no coming back from there. But I look at the defense, and I tip my hat, and I say, okay. I look at the run game, I tip my hat, and I say, okay. And I'm like, we just need everything clicking at one time. And it's been a long time, Big Ray, yeah. since we've had everything clicking at the same time. Absolutely. The last two weeks, the defense has, has have put in really good efforts. And uh, to hold uh, the, the 49ers uh, point total down uh, for most of the game, and then to late into the – to the game to have the Kansas City Chiefs at only 17 points and and giving the Seahawks uh, offense the ball back and a chance to to do something with it. So uh, I mean, you can it's hard to find moral victories when you're when you're trying to win to kind of secure your playoff spot. But uh, if if the offense can take that second half and match it with the defensive effort in the first half, it may be a totally different football game. Ray, would you believe me if I said the Seahawks outgain the Kansas City Chiefs Chiefs overall this game? Yeah, it would be it's. Going into it, you you wouldn't think that. Man, 333 yards for the Hawks, 297 for the Chiefs. And then a stat I always look at, I go, well, the winning team was probably efficient on third down. That was not the case, <laughs> right? The Chiefs were 3 for 11 on third down. The Hawks were 2 for 14. The Hawks were once one of the better teams on third down. The Chiefs converted about 51% of their chances on third down. They held them. The, I look at the numbers, and it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, you have to watch the game to really understand what was going on. Defense making plays, offense just coming up short, man. Yeah, absolutely. If, like, you know, just looking at the numbers, you would think, like, man, if, if you can kind of contain this offense to those numbers, yeah. then, hey, 
we're probably going to have a good chance at winning this football game. And uh, But the offense, again, in the first half just could not find its rhythm, couldn't figure out exactly uh, you know what what the plan of attack is or, or what the best plan of attack was. And came out the second half, looked like a, a totally different uh, offense. It had a little bit more urgency, a little bit more physicality at the line of scrimmage, creating some some good space for uh, uh, Kenneth Walker to – to run the ball, and so, uh, but just could not still finish the drive with touchdowns. Went for it for a few times on fourth down to try to keep drives alive and didn't get those done. Uh, didn't walk away with any field goals, and so just could not ever chip away at that lead. Yeah, that was tough, and, and we talked about it in the pregame. Look, weather the storm in the second and third quarter yeah. and give yourself a chance. Second quarter, Casey had 10 points. Second quarter, they had none. So they did exactly that. 24 of Pat Mahomes, 35 touchdowns entering this game happened in the third and fourth quarter, and they did exactly that. There's another number that they needed to hit in my analysis this week. I go, in the three losses that Casey has had, Travis Kelsey averaged 77 yards and has only scored one touchdown mm-hmm. in those three losses. Today, he tore it up, really just on two really big catches. He ended up with six for 113. So you didn't hit that mark. And uh, Jared McKinnon, early out of the backfield, I think was kind of the uh, the uh, the piece that kind of tilted in their favor. Because, yes, he only had three for 31, but there was a big third down conversion. Mm-hmm. Then he has that touchdown for 16 yards. Jared McKinnon gets those sneaky yards that when you look at the stats, it ain't going to show up much. He had 31 yards, receiving seven yards on the ground. But he's one of those pieces that kind of keeps this thing going. Yeah, and like you said, a lot of their uh, production was timely production, right. right? So it's not like they were just – if you if you didn't feel like, man, they were just running away with this with this game on offense. But it was just like, man, you got them at a third and whatever, they converted. Or it's a second and long and it turns into a first down, like those types of things. And then for the Seahawks on offense, it's the exact opposite. You know, like – they. I mean, they must have had third and ten or more three or four or five times, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, and then they've gone. They went for it on fourth down a few times and didn't and didn't make it. But like you know, even got a few times within the field goal range, but opted to go for it on fourth down and didn't get the first down. So then walked away with no points. And uh, there's some that might say, hey, if you take those two field goals early, that last touchdown drive is is you're going to tie the game up. So you know that chess match. You know whether you should do it or not do it, or if you're you're chasing the scoreboard. Uh, it just didn't work out for him today. You know, and we felt the effect of not having Tyler Lockett. You got Treadwell, who had seven targets. He had three receptions. Uh, you got Penny Hart, two targets, one reception. And uh, Marquise Goodwin was out for a while. He did not record one reception. He had four targets. So, typically in a game like this, there's number 16 that you can rely on that on that third and long or third and medium to kind of bail you out. You just didn't have that. We saw Treadwell drop a couple passes. We saw some miscommunication on the outside receivers. This looked like a young receiving core. DK did all he can do, man, besides get those toes <laughs> down on the back of that end zone. But you definitely saw the effects of not having Tyler Lockett out there. Yeah, and, and also Tyler is like a security blanket, you know, for, for Geno. You know, if you're scrambling and moving around, you know, he's going to find that open spot. Yep. You can get the ball to him. So maybe that ends up being a couple big plays uh and so you're missing that today and and like you said those younger receivers uh asking to run way more routes and play way more than they're they're used to playing and not having that rhythm and that connection with Geno and uh and so it just kind of it was really hard to be productive I thought DK you know did did as best he can like you said the seven catches for 81 yards and then uh in the second half the way Kenneth Walker ran the ball you know it just seemed like the offense was coming in small chunks, and it needed to come in like just one consistent uh, stretch of, of plays. Just not good enough. We knew it was going to be tough, even yes. tougher when you don't have your dogs out there. Lots of guys missing from this game. Hey, guys, want to see Blue Thunder and the Seahawks dancers perform up close or catch us live in a person? Then American Family Insurance Touchdown City at Lumenfield Event Center should be a part of your game day routine. 
Open three hours before kickoff, so bring the whole family and experience the excitement. All right, lots more to do when we get back. We will hear from Pete Carroll as he steps up to the podium. Seahawks fall to the Kansas City Chiefs, 24-10. Let's go to the podium now. Pete Carroll's live. Live. Uh, that's a terrific football team. We know it. And, and uh, the defense held their own with these guys. Uh, they, they kept them down in the running game. They uh, were able to get the third down wins that we needed. We had a lot of three and outs. Uh, that made a big difference and gave us a chance to be in the game. And we, you could tell that we were in a go-for-it mode throughout the, you know, the second half of the game, and even early on on fourth downs, using those, uh, just trying to see if we could find a way. Um, so um, very tough, tough ball game for us today you know, in this situation. The weather had nothing to do with anything. I mean, it was just not a factor. Um, we've been in cold, whatever it was. I don't know what the temperature was or any of that, but the factor was not there today. And... Uh, our guys handled it beautifully, and it was not even an issue. We got. And it made it hard to quantify how much do you think you're missing Tyler out there. He's a great player, you know. He's a great player, and you miss him. There's so many chances for him on those on third downs and on the early downs and stuff to be a factor, like he always is. We missed him. Yeah. What would happen on Zito's interception? Uh, he took a shot at, at throwing the ball to Keith. You know, he had a one-on-one up the sideline. Safety made a really good play. Um, and uh, I mean, it's it's the right read to take it, and the ball just needs to get up and down before the guy gets there. The safety was was over all over it. I don't know what happened. I couldn't tell. Our guys were griping about the the grab or something. You know, you guys would know better than me. I didn't see that. Um, but uh, he just was making a really aggressive play. That's that's not the wrong play to make. Just got to get the ball up and down before the guy gets there. Getting Ken going like that in the second half, what can that do for you for your offense? No, it's so there? important. It's so important. And he's such a good player, and, and, and our guys up front blocked their tails off today, and uh, you, you can see how we can run the football. I think we ran it 11 times in the first half for nothing. You know, just didn't get anything going, and then we just were determined to go back out in the second half and make sure that you know we've, we're going to find out are we going to be able to run it or not. And we did, and so the guys up front did well. Um, everybody blocked at the line of scrimmage. We were very efficient uh, in, in the running game, and so it, it, it showed you that's that's who we want to be. The, the fourth downs, obviously, you wanted to get all of them, but I guess the one to Laquan that ends up just a yard short there, that was that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, every all think about how close these plays were. DK's play on the back of the end zone too. That's just four points there. Um, uh, you know, the use of the clock was. I was really happy with the way we handled that. We did everything we could to take a shot at it, but. Uh, but that play too, and Laquan's, and, and I think there was another one we came up short too, just by a bit, you know, on fourth down. Yeah, I think I think he did. You know, he, the play passes worked for them. He was hanging on to the football and gave him another second look, and he's really dangerous. They they didn't, you know, throw the ball that well today. Um, you know, they they had some kind of miscues and just throwing and catching. Um, and that, that worked for us, but uh, he was able to find Kelsey. I mean, he's just looking right at him, waiting for him to get open, and the time allowed that to happen. And uh, those two guys just showed why they're, you know, they're the kind of magic that they are. You started T's at safety, but they looked like Jonathan kind of came in. And yeah, played. we wanted to play Jonathan and see how they did, and you know, and, and, and give him a shot. And I don't, I don't have any, uh, you know, observation of that yet right now. But um, I'm anxious to see how he, how he did. Picture you got two left. What, what do you feel like this team needs to do to get back? Well, I saw the Minnesota kick the field goal. That's a good thing. And we'll see what the Niners do tonight. That uh, or, I don't know when the Niners are playing. They're playing right now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, um, 
it could turn out, you know, if, if the Niners are fortunate in, in winning their game, that uh, these last two games are enormous for us, obviously. And so uh, we're playing the championship game of, of the season against the Jets this weekend. So that's how we're going to approach it. And we're going to go get, get it done and, and uh, give us a chance to be in it all the way to the end. You guys have lost five or six. What do you have to do to stop this slide? We, we have to be more efficient. And we weren't efficient on third down. You know, and when and we need to be more consistent uh, on offense. The last couple of weeks, the defense has really started to step it up, and that's what we need. So it's everything. You know, we need we need to do a little bit better everywhere. Uh, we didn't get the football today. Um, we're minus one. You know, last couple of weeks, that's what it's been. That for the last in this stretch of five out of the six, it's been the football. You know, we we were at plus five or six or something at one point, and we we worked our way back out of that, and that's. That tells the story as much as anything, too. So there's efficiency things that we got to do better, and and, uh, and we got to take care of the football. We got to get the football. That's that how the game works. What, what happened to Abe Lucas? Um, his his elbow just just kind of uh, I don't know, gave out a little bit or something like that. So he had an issue with it, and and uh, he was okay to play. He could have played, but we said let's you know, let's get him out of there and, and rest it because it was, was going to really tax him too much. But uh, uh, we don't think he re-injured as much as just he just kind of aggravated. Thigh injury for Lucas. For, for Abe? Yeah. No, it was his elbow, I thought. I thought it was. And Marquise, is he okay? Um, yeah, he's got, he's, he's been nursing a, a wrist and uh, it just, he got it jammed again. Got back in the game late. Travis Homer, what happened to him? Sprained ankle. Joey Blunt. Joey had a, uh, an issue with his knee, um, something with his kneecap. And I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it, Kind of got knocked out a little bit and then came back, and so he he he, had, he was in a lot of pain and discomfort. But it's not a knee injury; it's a patellar situation. Ken obviously was didn't practice all week, really. But how did you feel about his day? Kind of what made the difference? I thought he played great. Um, he he jammed his ankle a couple times and he had to let it quiet down. This is this is like a, kind of an aggravating, you know, re-aggravating type of situation we're in here. And 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 when it happens, he needs a break and he comes out and goes back in. So. He's doing everything he can, and, and admirably so. And I thought he ran great today. What do you think of DK? I've the balls coming his way a lot. With yeah, which is it's obvious. They, they were they really put two guys on him a ton during the day, and uh, and, and he was just babbling and made some really tough catches. And I just wish we'd have got him on the back line, you know, on that on that touchdown. Thousand again for just four years. He's over nine hundred every year, over thousand twice. Yeah. What, what he's done early in his career. Yeah, he's shown the consistency of a great player, and 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 he's still growing and he's still getting better, which is amazing. He's twenty five years old, you know. He's just getting going. Um, so we're, you know, we're we're as pleased with him as we could be. I, I love the way he battles. He just keeps battling, and uh, mentality is great. The hold they called on him on the first play. Could you tell if that was? I didn't see it. it. I'm sorry, I didn't see that. Michael Sean. And Pete, can you hear me? Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the, do you think, uh, first off, the run, the stand with the run in the second half after you guys weren't uh, successful with it in the first, was that a conscious decision a con- after a conversation between you and Shane uh, coming out of the break? Yeah, it was It was a, um, a real commitment in the second half to see if we could turn the, turn the game around. Yeah. And do you think the success you had was a result of something changing with the scheme or the blocking, or do you think just staying with it resulted in some of those big runs can't have? Yeah, it was staying with it. You know, not being affected by the score, being behind by a little bit. You know, the game was close. It was a close enough game we could get right back in it with one drive. And so uh, we were looking for that drive. In general, how do you think Gino played? Um, I, I thought Gino, you know, he, 
he was fine. I mean, he played good football. Um, again, I wish he would have taken off and run on the on the third down. I think maybe the fourth down play. Was it the fourth down play? Third down play. Yeah, I mean, he, he just, you know, he saw a little opening and threw it. But man, he had 25, 30 yards there right up the middle. Would have been a huge play. Um, he, he, you know, he went aggressive on the interception. We went for it. everybody there was counting on him throwing that that ball. We thought we that was what we were looking for. And uh, I don't know how long he held it. I don't know about that, but um, it was the one that we wanted to take a shot at. Um, but we need we needed to help him out. And really, the the third downs in the first half were they're too long. You know, they're 11s and 12s and 13s, and we that's why we needed to mix the running game in there so that we could get into normal third down situations. And and uh, yeah, the third down. Day was not a good day, you know, in general. Do you think your offense has what it takes to be efficient enough to, to make these uh, final two games count and sneak into Absolutely, the absolutely. What do you What do you see from your team to give you that confidence? Uh, just what you just saw it happen in the second half and how we moved the football up and down the field and really had plenty of chances to score. But we, we, in, in another game, we'd be kicking some field goals and it would have been a different different way of going about it. But in this game, we needed to keep going for it. But uh, when you can run the ball like that uh, and, and, and give Gino a chance, you know, uh, he, he's going to find find what we need. It would be great to see Tyler playing for us. You know, it would be great to have him back out there. We don't know if we'll get that or not. Thank you. Sure. Anything else? Thank you. Uh, sir. Great. Go ahead. Uh, how, was that the message after the game that your second half offensively is exactly what you've been trying to find? No, no I didn't tell him that. I didn't tell him that. I was talking about other, 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 other things uh, about how it, what it felt like to play in this setting against a great team like this, and uh, how the, our guys sensed, you know, what we were able and capable capable of doing. You know, I, I didn't want them to miss that because we were able to to do it all. We we could stop them and we could we could run the football and we could protect and we could throw it. We could do all of those things. And uh, um, this team needs to keep it needs to stay in touch with what we're capable of doing because we're not quite there yet. But it's there for us and and they can feel it. It's there. It's truth. And and uh, I mean, all the numbers except for the third down numbers today would show you that uh, this we played a lot better than what the score looked like. And yeah, that's there for us. You mentioned in another game you go for field goals there. What did you mean you had to go for? What, why not? I just and felt I, I, because in, it's in respect. It's in respect to them, the offense that they have, and the players that they have. Um, I, I was, uh, I, I wasn't sure that we would be able to hold them down as, as well as we did, you know. And, and uh, we, our defense got better in the second half. And just kept playing better. Did a great job. I think I don't know. There was, must have been a couple, two or three, three and outs or whatever. Um, that made a big difference, and, and our third down play was really good on defense today against a, a, the best third down team in, in the NFL. You know, so um, knowing what they're capable of, that's really what dictated uh, the decision. I'm not saying it's right; that's just the way I went for it. You know, so you guys can say whatever you want about it. We good? Thank you. Thank you. Merry Christmas. All right, that was your head coach, Pete Carroll. Episode eight of the Sound of the Seahawks is out now. This episode takes an inside look at Geno Smith. Hear about the exciting action this season and so much more from Gino himself. Check out the latest episode at Seahawks.com slash the sound or the Seahawks YouTube channel. When we return, we'll hear from more players at the podium. That's coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. I'm Michael Bumpers with Ray Roberts. And Marcus Trufant is on his way. True. He's, like, he's like Santa Claus right now, <laughs> making his way to the station. Oh, man. So we got to talk about this run game, Big Ray. Yes. Like going into this game, we felt like if they could run the football – they got a chance to do this. And now you look at the score, 
and it feels like they weren't in the game, but if you watched the game, you knew that there were some opportunities for them uh, to take advantage of. They just were not able to finish. What did you see out of that run game, specifically Stone Forsythe? I feel like this is the most we've seen him all year. Yeah, well, the one thing about Stone, you know, he's a gigantic dude, so he's going to eat up a lot of space. Not that not that uh, Lucas isn't, but, you know, this dude is 6'8", 6'9", 300-some pounds, and so uh, on one of those very first run plays that, that he was in in the second half, they ran a, a zone to the right side, and he had double team with the tight end to the defensive end to the end to that inside linebacker on that side and and they both they did a great job of swallowing up the defensive end and then uh him coming off and going to the linebacker and, and then Kenneth Walker was able to get around the corner so uh that was a very good play then they came back the next time and went to the left side and picked up some yardage and then they started kind of running like a like a lead like a lead zone lead draw kind of action uh, more you know up the middle and started creating some yardage that way. So what I saw in the second half, and and it's really hard to kind of uh, to measure this and see it, but I just saw more urgency in right. the run game. You know what I'm saying? Like the urgency to 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 come off the ball, to finish blocks, uh, to create space. The running back getting his shoulder square to the line of scrimmage, coming downhill, and you saw the execution of blocks better. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, talking about this week and a lot of people are talking about what's wrong with the running game, if it's a quarterback or the, or the, the system or the shotgun or the under center. And it, none of that matters if the guys up front aren't blocking dudes. And so the second half, they did a much better job of getting a hat on the hat, blocking dudes and creating space for, for Kenneth Walker to run. And you know what they did, too? In the first half – there are a lot of times where Ken Walker's running into a guard. He's yes. running into a tight end. But they stayed with it. And why were they able to? Because they were within striking distance, or at least they mm-hmm. felt like they were within striking distance. So I think that's a perfect example of the run game complementing the defense and vice versa. But uh, we're going to go to the podium, man. We got the Pro Bowl starter, Quandre Dick, stepping up now. Stepping up now. Um, I mean, I think we play we play good. You know, I mean, it's another opportunity just to go out and compete against a really, really good offense and a really good team. And um, you know, for the most part, we play really well. Um, definitely, some things we can clean up, and you know, a lot of simple things we can clean up. So, um, I think you know, we just got to keep pressing and keep pushing and getting better. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, no matter whose opportunity it is to get those shots to go out and play, we got to be ready to go when it's your shot. I mean, finish strong. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to finish strong. You want to give yourself the opportunity to win these last two and, you know, let the chips fall. So, um, you know, we're just going to do our job and try to get better and, you know, finish strong and, you know, go in with some momentum. So, you know, whatever happens, you know, we just control, we control, and that's hopefully winning these last two. And, you know, stacking two big, two big wins, and then you know, at the end of the day, if we get into the playoffs, then we got some momentum. What was it like having T's out there with you today, Jonathan? Also, you know, you've been playing with Ryan a lot over the years, and to have some meaning out there. I mean, it's different. You know, what I mean, I think. I mean, for me, it's probably what the third and fourth, or fourth and fifth safety that I've had to play with this year. So for sure, it's different. My communication has to be different. You know. Uh, me and Ron has played a lot together, so you know having T's and and Jay out there is definitely different. But you know, uh, for me, that's I mean that's my that's my job is to communicate the best I can and get those guys lined up and you know hopefully get them enough tips where you know I can help them make plays and um, you know if the plays don't come my way or you know I don't have any opportunities, I just want those guys to succeed. Well, 
Any questions on Zoom? Greg, Michael, Sean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Conte, what do you think of the way you guys played on uh, third down today? Uh, what was our third down numbers? Well, I think they were three of eleven. I mean, that's winning. That's winning football when you can hold a team, a team like that. Uh, I mean, to you know, three of eleven. You know, um, I think that's that's big time. I think we had a fourth down stop too, so that was that was pretty good. Um, I mean, I think what we got to capitalize is just red zone. You know, what I mean, if those guys get down there, we got to hold guys to field goals. I think that's um, been something that we've kind of emphasized here for a long time, and we can't let them come away with touchdowns. We got to, you know, definitely make them kick field goals the best we can. And I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs had an explosive run today. Um, obviously, that's been a problem in, in past games for you guys on defense. What changed in that regard with the run game? Um, I think we just took a stand and knew what we had to do. You know, um, this is one of those offenses you definitely don't want to get them the opportunity to run the ball and pass the ball and have whatever they want. You know, what I mean, so. Um, I think we did a, a good job of, you know, limiting them to one thing and, you know, get some stops on third down, which is, gets us out of the field, gets our offense back on the field. In general, have you seen uh, notable improvements from the defense in the past couple weeks? Oh, I mean, we still lost. You know, there's no more victories. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't want to say, you know, I've seen noticeable improvement, but I've seen some improvement for sure. And, you know, there's some things that we can take into these last two games and, you know, hang our hat on. So, um, at the end of the day, I just don't want to see us kind of, you know, go backwards. I want us to continue to get better, you know, and finish these last two games strong. What, what kind of fight would you like to see from your guys in these last two games? I mean, heck, you got an opportunity to go to the playoffs still. I mean, this is what you wanted at the beginning of the year. You know, nobody ever thought we would be in this position anyways to have an opportunity to even go to the playoffs. So for us, you know, I mean, we want to fight. We want to give ourselves those ops. And, you know, we want to finish 2-0 and finish strong. And, that's what it's all about, you know. I mean, we haven't played this last quarter of the season like we wanted to, but um, we got a shot still. So for us, we just got to take advantage of that. Thank you. Yep, no doubt. I mean, when you still got an op, you still got to play for those ops, and you still got to, you know, approach it like a pro. You know, what I mean, I mean, I've been in, I've been in some situations where we had no shot of making the playoffs and. You know, guys still fight and guys still go out there. So um, I don't think this team is any different. You know, I think guys are not going to lay down. We just got to go out and fight. And, you know, we've had a we've had some games that we should have won these last six. But, you know, we got an opportunity to finish strong. So I think the guys will be all right. I think, you know, um, have opportunity and to enjoy Christmas tomorrow and then get back on the ground and get better and know we got two big weeks ahead. Thank you. Happy holidays to y'all, too, also. That was Quandre. That was Quandre Diggs. He says, look, they still got a chance. Haven't played the way they wanted to the last quarter of the season. I don't know if you can call it a quarter, odd number, seven, 17 games. But uh, let's hear <laughs> from the quarterback now, man. Geno Smith is at the podium. Geno, what, uh, the, the one sack you came up, you were down the ground for a little while and went off to, what happened there? Did you get hurt a little? Uh, I just fell on the ball and kind of got the wind knocked out of me, so just had to take a knee and kind of catch my breath. And, but I, I'm fine. What changed for you guys offensively in the second half? Seemed like you were able to move the ball a lot more efficiently. Yeah, I think uh, we just played better. We executed better. You know, Ken really got us started. Uh, he was running the ball great. The offensive line, I thought, you know, played tremendous in the second half. They were really moving the line of scrimmage. Uh, and overall, you know, we just played with, you know, more more tempo and just, you know, more passion, more of a fight. And uh, overall, you know, I'm really proud of the guys, just the way that they fight, you know, week in and week out. Obviously, it's been a tough stretch, but, uh 
you know, everyone, everyone's locked in and focused. So, you know, it's not a, it's not an effort thing. It's not a want to thing. Uh, we're just coming up short. We're not executing to the best of our, you know, ability. You, you got into their territory several times, fourth down, couldn't convert. How frustrating was that? It's extremely frustrating. Uh, I think that's something we've been trying to, uh, you know, correct the entire season. And we've had our ups and downs. We've had our really good times. And we've had times where we, we just couldn't get it done. But, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, very optimistic about the guys we're playing with. And I really believe in these guys. I know that we can, you know, get these things done, you know, if we just do things right. And uh, we're, we're really going to try and find ways to correct it because, you know, we, we obviously have the guys. We have the guys and we know what to do. Uh, we're just not getting it done right now. But um, we'll, we'll turn it around. One guy you didn't have today was Tyler. Just you played every game with him up to this point. Just what's it like not having I mean, obviously, Tyler brings a lot, you know, to our offense, and uh, he's another weapon. It's hard to guard him one-on-one, hard to guard him in man coverage, which we saw a lot today. But uh, the other guy stepped up and played tremendous. I thought Laquan made some really big plays. Uh, I thought Marquise had, you know, some really big plays out there. You know, that one third down where, you know, he popped over the middle. I get that ball up. You never know. He's still running. So uh, I thought all the guys really, really played hard and, you know, had, had opportunities, and they showed up. What happened on the interception? Uh, it's just bad pass by me. You know, bad pass by me, um, didn't didn't put it in the right spot and, uh, you know, gave them a chance to get it, and they did. All right, questions on Zoom? Michael Shaw? Yeah, Gino, on the interception, it looked like Goodwin from 2,000 miles away cut his rock around off a little shorter and you threw it longer. Was there any miscommunication there? No, that's just, uh, you know, I think Marquise did what he was supposed to do. Uh, he, you know, he felt he felt the coverage and, you know, broke it to where he, you know, would be open and uh, put it in the wrong spot, you know, gave the safety a chance to make that play. And uh, that's that's completely on me, not on Marquise. Uh, I got to correct that and make sure that stuff doesn't happen. And you mentioned the tempo. What did the two minute drill at the end of the half give you rhythm? How did that help you? Yeah, I think it uh, it got us into a rhythm. You know, we started to move the ball, uh, got our confidence up. I think, you know, guys started to, you know, get their feet under themselves and, uh, you know, when you start making positive plays, you know, even if it's a two or three yard play, you know, it just makes you feel good about it. And the more you, you know, progress the ball downfield, uh, the more confidence the guys get, the more confidence the play callers get. And so that's something we got to get back to. I felt like, you know, we were really good um, in the middle of the season with just our tempo and, and really playing fast. And, uh, you know, something slowed us down. So we just got to get back to it. Well, what's the vibe in the locker? You lost five or six, but you're still right in the middle of the playoff race. Yeah, you said it. You know, uh, right in the middle of uh, the playoff race, we got two games at home. I mean, what more could you ask for? And so, you know, the vibe is obviously we don't want to lose any games. Uh, we had a tough stretch, but um, that's in the past. That's, that's got to be in the past. And, you know, we got to evaluate this stuff really hard. But um, we're looking forward to the, these next two games. And it starts with one. You know, you got to focus on this one and then try and get the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Gino, do you think the, the big runs that Ken had uh, in the second half were just a, a product of staying with it, uh, whereas maybe you guys didn't in the second half of previous games? Uh, I wouldn't, you know, I think every game's different. And I think, uh, you know, obviously Ken did give us a spark. You know, he had some really big runs, and the offensive line did a tremendous job at opening up, you know, those holes for him. But, um, you know, I think, yeah, we stuck with it, but I don't think it had anything to do with uh, our previous games. I really think we just... Uh, committed to running it and committed to making it work. And, uh, you know, Shane called some great plays. Uh, the line did a great job at, you know, moving the line of scrimmage. And Ken, you know, was decisive in his runs. And it helped us, you know, get into a, a rhythm. Do you think uh, Vincent Tyler had an impact today on the third down stuff? 
Uh, I, you know, anytime Tyler's not out there, it's going to impact our offense. You know, I mean, that's just the reality of who he is and what he does for us. But obviously, we have other guys who can step up, and they did. Um, you know, I have to go to the film and see exactly where, you know, we failed on those third downs because I think that's something that really hurt us today. And so uh, we, we, we've got to look at that and see what we can do better. Thank you. Guys? Yeah, I got one if I could real quick, Gino. Just, just last week, got one first down in the first four possessions. No first downs in the first four possessions this week. Well, what has to change early in the game? Because you guys find yourself not just behind the sticks, but behind in the game early on offensively. Yeah, we've got to um, start fast. Really start fast. Get into a rhythm early. Um, we can't, like you said, you know, not have any first downs uh, in, the, in the first couple drives. It hurts our offense, but it also hurts our defense. Uh, makes them out, you know, have to play out there more than they should. When we get into a rhythm, when we control the clock, when we control the tempo, uh, it, it really helps our team overall. And so we've got to get back to that. And uh, we'll look forward to these next two games and, and trying to prove that. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. You mentioned the one pass to, to Marquise that, that you underthrew. Obviously, I mean, it looked like you maybe could have run there as well, but you, you thought Marquise really could break that. Into a yeah. Um, you know, it's a fork in the road right there. You know, Marquise. If I get the ball up, you know, he probably catches it and still running. Or, you know, if I just run the ball myself, you know, who knows how many yards I can get. And so I'm always decisive in my decision making. Uh, I trust myself. And, you know, obviously that's something I, I can look at and, and be better, you know, in all phases. Get a better pass. And also, uh, you know, if, if, if it's not there, take off and run, get that first down. Thanks, Thank you, guys. That was Geno Smith. He was 25 of 40, 215, one touchdown, one interception. Our quarterback review was brought to you by Verizon official 5G network of the Seattle Seahawks. When we return, we'll give more analysis from Marcus Trufant and Ray Roberts. The Seahawks fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 24 to 10. Let's pause 10 seconds to give our network stations a chance to identify themselves here on the Seahawks radio network. Seattle Seahawks Station. Cairo. Cairo Radio. The conversation. Breaking news direct from the sidelines. And where the 12s hear the Seahawks. KIRO FM Tacoma, Seattle. All right, fellas, we're still breaking down this loss to Kansas City. True, man. We got to get you involved in this conversation. Uh, you look at the numbers and it don't make sense. Mm-hmm. The Seattle Seahawks outgained the Kansas City Chiefs. 133 yards on the ground. You look at the third down situation, both teams were horrible. The Hawks were 2 for 14. The Chiefs were 3 for 11. That's a win for this defense. The Chiefs were converting on 51% of their third downs, and they held them to 3 out of 11. Overall, what you see from this game? Um, just like Diggs talked about, man, um, they talked about it in his press conference on the defensive side of the ball that, okay, you're going against the top-ranked offense in the league. They're going to get theirs. They're going to make it happen. How do you keep seven points off the board and make them kick a field goal? So it's little things like that. On the offense, they didn't really have it cooking early in the first half, man. They got going in the second half, got that running game going, man, got them runs on the outside. Kenneth Walker came out, was looking good. The offense was looking good. So overall, man, it was a good game. Um the Hawks, we don't like to talk about the moral victory thing. I'm actually uh, tired of saying it, so I'm going to throw that <laughs> word away. I'm going to throw that whole phrase away, and I'm not even going to talk about it. But the Hawks are playing better. They are playing better. And what Pete said in his press conference is that he wants the team to understand that they are going in the right direction. And how do you keep this message of positivity going? Um, you're not – 
winning ball games, but this young ball club needs to continue to hear that they're doing things right. They just need to fix things as they're going along. And that was really the tale of the game. Well said, true. Good film out there, but uh, not quite enough. Let's go to the podium. We got Ken Walker. Ken, what was, what was working better in the second half for you guys in the run game? Uh, I believe I was just more decisive. Uh, the O-line did a great job in the whole game. It was just up to me to be decisive on what hold a hit. And, uh, you know, in the second half, everything started to open up. How's your ankle? Pete, Pete said you sprained it or jammed it a couple times during the game? Or? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, it's irritating it. You know, sometimes you get got roll on it or stop too hard, uh, you know, but it's all right. Is it tough going the week where you're not getting really any practice work and then jumping in game action, or is that something that's not too strong? Uh, I don't think it's tough. I believe it helps, um, you know, get, be able to do a lot of rehab and treatment, you know, just be sure to soak in, like, mentally the plays and know, what to, know what's expected uh, during that week. <clears throat> you guys were knocking on the door in their territory several times and couldn't convert fourth down. How frustrating is that? Yeah, you know, uh, it's frustrating, but, you know, we just got to finish. You know, we talk about that all the time, you know, finish games and, you know, we got to finish drives. So, uh, yeah, we got to get that. We're going to get that fixed. You know, finishing, you got two games left this season. Mm -hmm. Playoffs are still out there. Just kind of what's the mindset of you guys? Uh, on to the next game, you know. Uh, look at what we did wrong this game. Then get ready for the next game. And we always got a winning mentality. So we go out there and play hard. What's it been like for you these last couple of weeks playing with the ankle injury? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's been... It's been fine. I mean, you know, it's just um, making sure I do a lot of rehab and treatment and staying focused on that, being on top of everything. Gino talked about the tempo of the offense in the second half as well. He got mm -hmm. help. Does that, as a running back, does that help you a little bit? Or? Yeah, yeah. I believe it helps all of us. Uh, I think we did great the second half. We came out, uh, we executed well. Um, I think our tempo was great. You know, I feel like that also makes it hard on the defense when we have a fast tempo. Uh, I feel like that was that was good in the second half of what we did. Questions on Zoom? Hey, Ken, in terms of uh, being more decisive, was that something you just consciously like figured out yourself or did Chad maybe point it out to you at halftime? Like what changed for that? Do I look at this? Or do I look Sorry, can you not hear me? Can yeah, I can hear you guys. Oh, okay, okay. Say that again, though. My bad. Oh, uh, you just said you were more decisive in the second half. Did you just Figuring it out on your own, or did Chad or somebody like point that out to you at halftime through the imaging, or how did that go? Yeah, um, everybody was telling me just <laughs> this is weird. I'm sorry. Everybody was telling me just um, run straight and be more decisive, um, and I took that in, you know, because a lot of times I was trying to make something happen, but I really just needed to go straight and be decisive, and things start to open up. Is the offense you guys put together in the second half just because of efficiency and stuff, is that who you guys can beat in these final two games? Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, I feel like we just got to come out fast. Um, you know, we waited to the second half, and uh, we start to execute, but I believe we need to uh, start off like that and finish the game like that. Thank you. Greg Bell, anything? All right. Thank you, sir. Thank All right, that was Ken Walker. Had himself a day, man. Um, 26 carries, 107. And really, this is something you needed to see. It's been a while since we saw a performance like this from Ken Walker. 
Um, against Tampa Bay is kind of where it all started falling apart. He had 10 carries for 17. Next week, 14 for 26. After that, 3 for 36. He got banged up, misses a week, 12 for 47. And then finally, 26 for 107. Um, we needed to see something like this just to remind us what he's capable of, right? Absolutely. And I think the things that uh, you know that I kept hearing, and, and these, these even with Quandre, is that urgency, you know, just coming out. Like, it's not that the team isn't coming out ready to play. But there's there's just something an extra tick up when you when there's like an urgency to right. what you're doing, right. uh, and then this idea around finding the rhythm uh, sooner, like the offense especially needs to do that, and that includes him as a runner, uh, and then the the execution and finish of things, you know. So I think you know if you if you look at how they ran the ball the second half, all of those things were part of it. They they had rhythm, they had urgency and they had finish to you know, to an execution and finish to what they're doing. And and some a little bit of Kenneth Walker reminds me of a younger uh uh oh shoot, what's the dude's name? Just wanted Penny. Um, Rashad, Rashad Penny, Penny yeah. where Penny early in his career, even though he's a big dude, he got had a lot of success bouncing things to the outside. And then later, you know, maybe after AP was here or whatever, he started being more decisive, and it made him a much more effective runner for those times when he did want to bounce to the outside because he's a much bigger dude so he can run through some tackles. But I like the way that someone got into this young dude's ear and was like, hey, like, you don't have to – every play doesn't have to be a home run. You can set up the home run. So hit some singles, hit some doubles. Right. Every time stretch a double into a triple. And then every and then it's sooner or later it's gonna pop and you get the home run. Every every one can't be a home run. So I'm I'm glad that he was able to receive that at halftime and then be able to execute it in the second half. Hey Ray, that was fired us by the way. I like the baseball reference. That's right on I time. I like that. Bro. I like yeah. that. Yeah, man, and I was just gonna say that that um being decisive is pretty powerful, right? That that keeps everything on schedule. Okay, yeah, I could um, kind of throttle down. I can look for that hole, and maybe I can hit that home run. But you again, you can lose three. You can mm-hmm. lose four. So if you just continue to hit it and be consistent, it's going to pop eventually. So that helps the defense, man. Mm-hmm. That helps the time of, uh, time of possession. So you're – controlling the game in this way so yes that's very powerful as a young running back to ever to receive that at halftime and come out and do it I think that's a huge step huge and I can imagine how frustrating it is when you get the football and there's a guy right in front of you whether it be your own teammate (laughs) or somebody else so for him to experience that in the first half get that coaching and be like all right man I'll try it you know it it takes some discipline and it takes communication from someone that you trust and believe in yeah it takes some humility too right because you've had some success doing it the way you've done it yeah you know and so then for someone to say hey man like Maybe you need to maybe do this piece of it first. You know, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, man, this is just kind of what I do, though. That you know, and so he was able to receive the coaching, which is awesome. You know, and then because if you look at how he runs, he ran that way at Wake Forest, he ran that way at Michigan State, and he had unbelievable success at right. it. And then here, you know, in the league, people start to make adjustments to how you run, and then it's you know harder for you to get to the edge, harder for you to bounce things to the outside. And dudes can run fast, a lot, a lot faster than some of those second level guys in college. So I think it was important for him to. That was a good lesson for him today, and I, I think it's gonna it's gonna serve him well the rest of the year. Got to finish strong, true. You got two more games. You got the Jets. You got the Rams. We're watching the Commanders now to see how they do against the Niners. It's set up for this team to still be in it. <laughs> and that's crazy. Lost 24 to 10. Yeah, that's crazy. To the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're still in it. If you are on this ball team right now, 
on the plane home, are you watching the Niners-Commanders game? Or are you kind of just watching film or doing whatever you do and, and looking at the results later? I think you're watching this game, man, and you kind of just want to kind of – as you're watching it as a fan, of course, but you want to see what's going on. You still – have a chance, and like um, I can't remember if it was Diggs said that nobody really gave the Seahawks a chance anyway. So let's see what happens, man. Let's right. keep fighting. Let's continue to ball up our fists and go to work. All right, man. Keep on working. Keep doing your thing. All right, lots more to do when we get back. We're going to give you the player of the game. That's next right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. Welcome back to the Seahawks Post Game Show. It's time for the player of the game. The player of the game is brought to you by the Telluride X Pro from Kia, official partner of the Seattle Seahawks. Player of the game. Well, it might be obvious. Obvious to me. Might be obvious to Curtis. Might be obvious to all our guys in the back room there. But let's see what the professionals have to say about it. <laughs> Big Ray, who you got? Well, you know, I, I, I have to tip my hat off to uh, DK Metcalf uh, because, you know, with all the – with you know with his, his uh, running partner out of the game and, you know, we felt like they were going to try to take him out of the game. He still ended up with uh, nine targets, seven catches – for 81 yards, did DK. Uh, but, you know, the, the guy that we just heard from, Kenneth Walker, I thought did a very good job of being a professional today, uh, taking the coaching at halftime to be more decisive uh, and just be more direct with what he was doing, and then came out the second half and ran the ball really well to kind of give the offense some rhythm, which they had missed for the last few weeks, and they'd missed his impact for the last few weeks. So it was good to see him uh, kind of getting back on the map and doing some good things in the run game. So I'm going to go with my man, Kenneth Walker, 26 carries, 107 yards, 4.1 yards a carry. K-9, who you got there, True? This is going to be easy, man. We're making it easy. I'm going to piggyback off Big Ray, Big Fundamentals, Big you, Skills, homie. man. <laughs> Kenneth Walker, the third, was very impressive, not only for the yardage he came out of, uh, 26 for 107, but – just the the teach tape that he displayed of what you do as a player if you're coachable, right? Okay, we're going to go in at halftime. We're going to make adjustments. Now let's come back out and do this. And that's what he did. And that, for me, shows, um, of course, the, the type of player and the type of character that he has, but the type of coaching that is going on behind the scenes, right? That's not an easy thing to do, to make adjustments, especially for a young player. So – Shout out to the coaches. Shout out to Kenneth Walker. That's my player of the game. I'm going to give big ups to DK Metcalf, man, with seven catches today. Seven for nine is what you said, or nine. Yeah, seven for nine is what you said, right, Big Ray? Yep. He now has 86 receptions. That's a career high. Nice. And now he's gone for over 1,000 yards for the second time in his career. Okay. So uh, big ups uh, to DK for doing that, but I'm with y'all. I'm going with uh, Ken Walker, man. He established himself as the guy when it comes to running the football, something that we needed to see. Um, DJ had a couple of carries, but for the most part, you were riding with K-9, man. And I think it was necessary, not even for today, but just for the future right. that we saw this and and know that this team is capable of getting back to that. All right, Twells, now it's your turn. Follow the Seahawks on Twitter and Instagram to vote for Kia's electric player of the game. Make sure you do that. All right, when we return, we're going to look forward, see what's going to happen next week. That is next. The Seahawks fall to the Chiefs. No offense, second game in a row with a touchdown. The call of the game is brought to you by Beacon Plumbing. Stop freaking call Beacon. I want to show some love, man, to the secondary. You got Ryan Neal who was out. We saw Tease Tabor, and we saw Jonathan Abram, two guys who haven't gotten much playing time. 
obviously Jonathan Abram just got here and he was in the mix, man. He was uh he was playing some ball. And that's tough to replace a guy like Ryan Neal, a guy who does everything, right? Like he, he can cover, he walks down in the box. I was expecting him to be on Travis Kelsey. Um, it's not easy for these young men to be thrown into this position, knowing what's on the line and going out there and playing some decent ball. Yeah, and, and also just kind of understanding, like not just understanding the defen- defense in your assignment, but like how you fit into the whole grand scheme of things and then playing with the, the mentality that this defense likes to play with. I thought they did a pretty good job. And like, you know, if you look at the, you know, like you said, if we look at the numbers, you go like, man, like it just – the the Chiefs did not overwhelm this defense, and you've seen right. that offense overwhelm a lot of teams. Uh, going going into the fourth quarter, they only had 17 points. You know, we talked about how explosive they can be uh, in the second quarter, in the beginning of the third quarter, and they kind of held that in check. And so the defense did a, the defense did an, an admirable job against an explosive. Uh, uh, offense. Even speaking to listen to Pete Carroll saying like, "Well, we're going for it on fourth down because we know what they can be on offense." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So the fact that they held them to 17 points for most of the game, kept giving the offense chances to be in the game, had their share of three and outs, uh, and didn't get the sacks and pressures that you wanted, but they played pretty good coverage on the back end. Yeah, man, I think it's something that um, that we do need to take note of. So I appreciate you, Bump, giving some uh, love to the secondary. That was kind of makeshift, I guess, for a lack of a better term. Yeah. Got guys down, but Jonathan Abram, um, 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 he is a heck of a player, right? I think as he gets more comfortable, as he learns the terminology, as he just finds his place on his team, he's going to be a playmaker for us. He made a couple plays on Kelsey today, and that's not an easy thing to do. Usually it's a matchup problem, and um, you've seen him throughout the years just make people look silly back there. But to have coverage on him, make plays on the ball, and be able to make it happen, that just shows the type of player that he is. So, again, Pete Carroll said it in the press conference, so I'm going to feel like I'm not saying it. He likes where this team is going. As we grow, as they continue to come together, we still got a chance for the playoffs. uh, uh, So we're going to continue to be positive, and why not, right? We're not – Winning the game, but this thing isn't over quite yet. So let's continue um, to push forward. Yeah, and also Quandre Diggs hit on that. You know, like they asked him about it. And he said, hey, like, there are no moral victories, but you still have to acknowledge that the defense is we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, even though, the, you know, they didn't win the game, they didn't maybe create the turnovers and things they wanted, and the object of the game is to, is to not let them score so you can win the football game. But uh, he still can acknowledge the improvement and the, that the defense is going in the right direction. Yeah, this is the best offense in all the land. Absolutely. <laughs> so, right. I mean, you have to, you can't ignore what happened. Uh, quick little update San Francisco and the Commanders at halftime, it is tied 7 7. Brock Purdy has thrown nine passes, completed four for 55 yards and an interception on the ground. McCaffrey has touched it six times for 21. George Kittle only has one reception for 25 yards. We need this offense to get going for these 49ers, man. <laughs> I know you don't like rooting for them, I know you don't care for them, but today, <laughs> but today, <laughs> you got to root for these guys because they, if they get this done, they're going to keep us in the game. Another guy I want to shout out, man, Godwin and Igwe Buke. Uh, second game in a row where he had a return, 48 yards. He had one of 30-something and then 50-something the, the week before. The Hawks might have found their guy for the rest of the season mm. and maybe going into next year. If you haven't, man, look up his documentary. I think it's called The Long Way. It's on YouTube. Mm. Um, great little, what, 9, 10-minute film of his journey 
But it's nice to finally have a guy who touches the ball, be great, and you say, all right, I feel secure about what's going on in the return game. Yeah, and I mean, when he can shorten the field like that, you know, it just it gives your your offense. So you think about, you know, what the defense was, you know, getting the three and outs and giving the, the offense the ball back. Well, then in the return game, he was shortening that field, you know, like getting the ball close closer up to the midfield, 40, 45-yard line. And so uh, that, that always works in favor of the offense. You have a shorter field to go. Uh, and a greater chance of scoring points. And so it's really good to have not just someone that can secure the ball, but someone that can find the lanes and pick up the yards too. Absolutely, man. If you think back to the years past when the Seahawks was really having their success, that special teams was the X factor, man. You think of guys like uh, Percy Harvin. Mm-hmm. You think of guys like uh, guys like Nate Burleson. Um, guys that were back there that were making it happen on the kick return, man. It really changed the game. Right. And, uh, yeah, so if we can continue to get this young man working, I'm going to let you say his name, Bump. I don't want to mess his name <laughs> up. Man. I got more respect for that brother than that. But, yeah, hey, keep doing your thing, man. It's a good look. Godwin Igwe Buke. Keep doing your thing, baby. All right, when we return, man, we're going to look forward and to the Jets. Man, there's still a chance. Come on, let's get it done. But we're going to look to these Jets. That's next. The Seahawks fall to the Chiefs 24-10. to Welcome back to the Seahawks post game. It's time to put a bow on this thing. Hawks lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, and they are now 7-8. and eight. And guess what? They got the Jets, who are 7-8 and eight as well. As of late, these New York Jets, they started the season pretty hot, but they are on a four-game losing streak, losing to the Vikings, the Bills, the Lions, and the Jaguars. Score three points against the Jags. That is very encouraging, Big Ray. This defense is coming off a good performance um, against Kansas City. You would think – they should be able to handle the New York Jets, especially with their quarterback situation going on. Yeah, absolutely. The, the quarterback – well, I don't want to say the quarterback situation is a dumpster fire, but they do have a dumpster fire in the quarterback room. <laughs> I put it that way. Uh, but And so they, they've struggled a little bit on offense and uh, just trying to figure out how to get things going and, and, and what to do. Uh, the thing that is a little bit scary, though, is that, you know, their defense, they have some players over there. Uh, DJ Reed – uh, they have your Sauce Gardner dude. They have Quincy Williams, who's a who's a uh, something that's a person to deal with. C.J. Mosley's been around the league a long time as a linebacker, so uh, they're going to have to come out and and not take this team lightly and play with that urgency. The offense needs to play with the urgency that they started the second half with, and the defense just needs to keep doing what they're doing, getting those three three and outs, keeping the scores, you know, keeping the score low, getting the ball back to the offense and field position, and then letting the offense get to work. And you know, I like to talk about coaches and the energy and how that kind of trickles down to the team. So you talk about a guy like Robert Sala, right, for the Jets, was here with the Seahawks, was here while I was here. Um, I believe he was, I guess what you call, um, I guess a defensive assistant, a guy holding the cards and was doing all that kind of stuff. But his energy and his just um, love for the game always came through, right? And that's what he's doing as a head coach, man. So I like his enthusiasm and his team is always ready to play not saying that they have a bunch of great players that or that they're going to win every game but the energy and just the way they approach the game is always going to be there so the Seahawks have to be ready uh right so they're going to be well coached but I think this is a game that is primed and ready for the Seahawks to take the dub so 
Hawks just need to be them, of course, be the best version of them. I mean, come in ready to go, man, and be on schedule. All the things we talk about, um, come in and run the ball, and get off on third down and defense, and I think we'll be all right. Yeah, and they have, you know, Garrett Wilson, too. I forgot to mention him yeah. on offense. Like, you got to have someone to throw in the ball, which they, they, they haven't had, but the guy has 71 receptions for 996 yards. Uh, rookie receiver, pretty good receiver. We ain't going to sleep on him. It's right. the NFL. Can't sleep on them. But Ain't. when you look at the numbers, you look at their situation, you look at the Hawks and say, okay, we are better off. But you got to show up. You got to ball out. Another opportunity. Again, keep watching this Niners game. We need the Niners to pull this off, man. Today's final score, Chiefs 24, Seahawks 10. You've been listening to the Seahawks Radio Network. i like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboard updates by Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Nashant Kandapudi. Studio coordinator is Brady Robick and Nathan Gimmick. Executive producer of the Seattle Seahawks radio network is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks are back at Lumen Field next Sunday to take on the New York Jets on New Year's, New Year's Day. Pre-game coverage begins at 11 a.m. on the Seahawks radio network. For our Seattle stations, we have another hour of hot talk, but if you are leaving us, thanks for listening. For Ray Roberts, Paul Moyer, Marcus Trufant, I'm Michael Bumpus. Seahawks fall to the Chiefs 24-10. Talk next week. You are listening to Hawk talk man unfortunately we're talking about a loss the Seahawks fall to the Kansas City Chiefs 24 to 10 but if you look at these numbers fellas it's confusing it doesn't make sense you look at the third downs you held a team who converts 51 percent of their third downs to three and one you outgained this team 333 yards for the Hawks 297 for the Kansas City Chiefs you look at penalties early in the game it felt like it was lopsided but then things kind of leveled out a little bit the Hawks had six penalties the Kansas City Chiefs had five look at Patrick Mahomes solid day but not like an MVP type of day right he was 16 to 28 224 two touchdowns did just enough to win this ball game but Ray you talked about it earlier it was about the Chiefs executing in a timely manner it wasn't consistent it wasn't like they looked like the greatest show in all the land but when it was time to make a play they made the plays yeah and that was whether it's on offense or defense you know and so like on defense the way that the playmaking showed up was you know in the first half they what were they they had one converted third down you know they were you know and so so that was really hard so when you look at the whole grand scheme of things you go like well that number is important because they kept getting the ball back in situations uh, to do damage, but then their defense would come up with a play. Or Patrick Mahomes scrambled, didn't get sat, got the ball out of his hand, and then they were able to still punt and you know pin us back in, in, into our in our own zone. Or he was able to pick up a first down that didn't seem that meaningful, but it could have been a first down on like on a second and long versus a third down situation because they only had two or fourteen in their right. third down conversions. But uh, but the, their their playmaking was timely in that it was able to either keep drives alive or it gave them enough points to kind of stay ahead and make the Seahawks have to press a little bit. And true, I big ups the secondary. I mean, Quandre made some good tackles. You had two backup safeties in who rotated a little bit. T. Wu almost had an interception. Mm. He was beat, but that 4-2 speed showed up. I was impressed by the secondary in the sense that um, Patrick Mahomes looked like a good quarterback, but again, like I mentioned, not an MVP-type quarterback. What would you see? Right, yeah. I saw a lot of the same. I saw a lot of the same. You talk about, Ray, uh, um, the Chiefs came in and they did things in a timely manner. I kind of compare that to like um, – compared to a boxer, right? You get up early and then you kind of just keep the uh, keep that team at bay, a nice little jab, and just kind of <laughs> run around the ring a little bit. And that's really what they did. They yep. didn't do anything spectacular after the, um, the first punch. But 
the Hawks secondary, I thought they looked good. The Hawks defense looked good. They contained the run. They didn't let the receivers go crazy. And um, they got off the field. I know now on offense that starting on schedule, we want to have more first downs and one or two first downs into the what um, second quarter there. But it's going to be like that sometime. you got to pack everything in your bag when you go on the road. And we just didn't get enough going early and again – a lot of good things, but I mean, it just wasn't enough. The Seahawks' job was to weather the storm. We talked about what Pat Mahomes does in third, second and third quarters, and that's exactly what they did. They were just unable to get things going. You look at the drive chart, you got a punt, first possession, turnover on downs, punt, 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 and then a field goal right before you go on to halftime. You get the football, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be big. Can these guys go down the field and score a touchdown? three and out, but then the defense forces a three and out, and then the Hawks go 10 plays, they turn the ball over on downs, you get a punt. It was a back and forth going. Like, this wasn't Mm -hmm. just KC having their way. They just wore you down just like a fighter you were talking about, right? I don't have enough today to just knock you out in the first or second, but I'm going to wear you down. I'm going to get you to the championship rounds and see what happens there. So, overall, I think it was a a solid performance by this team. Look at the score. You're going to think otherwise. People are going to text. They call me crazy every week, but they don't watch as much film as we do. Yeah, so. well, you know how to, you know, when you're when you're not covering the team and you're riding on the emotions and things like that, the final score is all that that matters to you, and so that's kind of where they're kind of caught up in. And then there'll be the debate about who we should draft as a quarterback or a paid Geno and all that other kind of stuff. But I listen to, you know, Quandre Diggs doesn't normally like hold things back, and he's not gonna say stuff to make you feel good just to make you feel good like he's never been that type of dude so for for him to say hey yeah there are no moral victories however I feel like our defense is moving in the right direction uh that that means something to me coming from him like it, it means something different than even Pete saying it it means something to me because it's I feel like sometimes I can be coach talk but Quandre has never been a guy who has, like, minced his words. You know what I'm saying? It's right. like he's going to tell you. Yeah. You ask him a question, he's going to give you the answer. And uh, and his answer was like, yeah, no moral victories, but I like the direction that we're moving in. They're playing with good intensity. They're playing with good urgency. Uh, they had, like you said, if you look at the this play chart, there was a lot of three and outs and opportunities that they were giving the ball back to the offense. So And so I, I do think, and then like we talked about earlier, you talk about the young guy, the running back, Learning at halftime and being coachable, right. like man, that is going to be something. That was a that it was, that was a career lesson right there. That wasn't a a a year lesson or a this season lesson. Mm-hmm. That was a lesson for a career. And so he, I think he'll be a different running back because of that. And so there was a lot of good things that happened in the game. Just unfortunate that the score just wasn't where we wanted it. We need everybody on page fifteen. On page fifteen, offense, defense, special teams <laughs> wasn't all on page fifteen. All right, let's go to Jim Miller. She's standing by with Tariq Woolen. Tariq, coming Hello. in, Kansas City is a team that was known for explosive plays. There weren't a whole lot of those in the game. What did you guys do well in that regard? Uh, shoot, I just feel like we did a good job eliminating explosives and uh, also honed in on trying to stop the run, too. Well, and the fact that they didn't even get to 100 rushing yards, that mm. says something considering oh, yeah. the point of emphasis. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. It always feel good when you all the team – uh, less than 100 or, you know, you got different stat categories that show that you did better than another team, but at the end of the day, we want a, a win. Could you tell that the defense was flustering Patrick Mahomes? He didn't look as accurate as maybe he has at other points of the year. Uh, shoot, honestly, we, we just was out there playing our game. I mean, 
and we just go out there and play and just trust each other and execute the certain things, you know, that happens. But uh, shoot, we just got to go look at the film some more and, and see on the things we messed up on, too. We saw you with a big pass breakup in the first quarter. How mm -hmm. close were you to picking that one off? Shoot, I was pretty close to picking it off. As long as I made a play on the ball and it wasn't a touchdown, I was happy. The weather today, we talked so much about it coming in. Mm -hmm. Did it play a factor in the game? Uh, a little bit. I mean, when you first get here, you you uh, cold as hell. I mean, just coming from Seattle, it'd be like 30s, 40s, and here it's like 10, negative 5, and stuff like that. So um, when, you, when we finally got out there, it was smooth. You just had to move around a little bit. But, of course, it was still cold. But when you move around and stuff, it makes it smooth. Lastly, the final score is not what you guys mm -hmm. wanted. But there's a lot of good numbers in this game. What's the biggest takeaway? Uh, shoot. I was, that's kind of hard, we, you know, especially after you just played because you, you're never as good as it seems or never as bad as it seems. So uh, we don't know once you go look at the film, but uh, we know we're a great team. We got two more games left. We got to finish strong so that way we can have more than just two games. Thank you, Jen Mueller. That was Tariq Woolen. True. What did you see out of him today? Almost had a pick, but uh, kind of a quiet day for him. That could be a good thing if you're a corner, if it's a quiet day, right? I think he's starting to get that respect, right? And as a young corner, you don't know really what that is. It makes you have to stay in the game mentally and then you got to try to find other ways to get involved right whether that's going to be in the run game and you work on your strip game I got to get the ball out if I'm in on these tackles because I want to um, play right I want to help my team and just because they're not throwing the ball my way I can still impact the game I could hype up other guys I could do my thing but he he did a, a good job was beat a little bit on that play down the field that Jen was talking about in the interview but he showed his speed and it'd be like that sometimes it's not always going to be a perfect play but you come back and make a play Amen, and it is what it is. Well, I, the thing I like, I'm sorry, Bob, is that on that one play, to be able to say, like, okay, he's beating me, then you point to the safety like, hey, you, okay, sorry, okay. I got it. And then he's putting it to another kid. Like, I wish I had anything in my life that I could do like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, I can make it. All right, I got it. Don't worry about it. And I think that was pretty incredible. And like True said, it's not always going to be perfect technique and stuff, but his ability allows him to make up for plays like that. It's going to be a special thing when his technique matches his ability mm -hmm. and his, his recognition of stuff, man. So mm -hmm. I, we're seeing something special. All right, when we return, we're going to go through some highlights. That is next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio, 97.3 FM. It's time to get into some highlights, fellas. Let's do it. All right, man, it takes a while. KC comes out. They go three and out. We're feeling good. Seahawks get the football. They go four plays, nine yards, got to put it on the foot, and then KC gets the football and Patrick Mahomes Goes on a drive. They go nine plays, 63 yards, and they find our guy, Tony, for a nice little jet sweep, little toss for an eight-yard touchdown. Motion across the formation, bobbling the ball, but then hanging on to it, turning upfield and running in for the touchdown is Kadarius Tony, The wide receiver for the Chiefs started on the right side, got a little flip pass as he crossed paths with Patrick Mahomes, took it to the left side, waited patiently for an opening, and then took off upfield and scored from eight yards out. And the Chiefs are on the board first here in Kansas City. Yeah, the Chiefs can get pretty tricky down there in the red zone with some of their little trick plays and formations and things. And that was a nice little touch pass to Tony. And then he turned it up on the on our, on our the left side of the, the offense. And it, I think um, 
Diggs may have been the last person in the hole, and at the last minute, he got wiped out by an offensive lineman. Tony was able to slide into the end zone. The teams would go back and forth. They would exchange some punts, a three and out, a three and out, and three out. Then finally, the Kansas City Chiefs get back on the board. They find Jared McKinnon out the backfield for a nine-yard touchdown, 14-0 Chiefs. Kelsey comes in motion from the left side, now wings on the right side. Mahomes from the shotgun on second down and goal. A quick throw near side. McKinnon makes the catch, tries to spin out of tackle, dives into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. This is one of those plays, and I talked about it during the game, man. When you get these flat routes and these check downs, a defense that is kind of thinking through its prog- uh, progression versus going and attacking, these are the type of plays you get. A play like this should be a catch and tackle, but he was able to sneak in for the touchdown. Good job by the Chiefs. Finally, DK. There's a DK sighting, man. A 35-yard reception that sets up a field goal down the sideline. Great catch by number 14. Here comes the rush. Gino has time. Going to let it fly down the near side. Reaching up, making the catch. What a diving reception by DK Metcalf in Chiefs territory, just short of the 30. They'll actually spot it at the 32-yard line. A 35-yard completion. The Hawks right back to the line of scrimmage on that perfect pass by Geno Smith. The Hawks are in business. Obviously, DK, you know, was was going to have a tough day with uh, with his sidekick being out, but he still came through. That was a great catch. That was another great dime drop by uh, by Geno. Dropped it between the the corner and the safety that was coming over the top, and uh, DK made a great catch. Kansas City Chiefs would take advantage of some good defense. I mean, what they do, they find Travis Kelsey for two big gains for a 52-yard and a 20-yard, and then Pat Mahomes says, I'm going to do this myself. He scampers in for a touchdown. Second down and 12, back at the 22. Put it out of your mind, rookie, because you got you got him lined up there again as Geno drops back into the shotgun. Dallas now in the backfield with a slot far side. Gino's looking that way, looking left, going to throw toward the back of the end zone. It's intercepted. Oh, this was the INT down there in the corner. This was Gino. Um, I know he said in his press conference that he just made a bad pass, man. And I know Pete talked about they thought this play was really going to be the one. And um, it, it probably throw, them just, uh, throw it up and see if you can make something happen. But the guys were out of position. There was like three Chiefs over there. So good play by the Chiefs, Hawks. Better luck next time. Gino trying to make a play, but this is the play I was talking about, fellas, man. You got two recessions by Kelsey to set this thing up. Then Patrick Mahomes takes it into his own hands, stretches out for a touchdown. Mahomes takes the shotgun snap, steps up in the pocket, going to scramble to the right, going to be chased by Brooks, going to be looking, looking. He dives for the corner. I don't think he got there. Let's see. As we wait for the call, yes, he did. Touchdown, Chiefs. Love listening to Rabel doing how dejected he sounds at the end there. But, but no, the, cool, the, the cool thing about that, if you want to call that for Mahomes, is he held himself up with his left hand and then tapped the, the pylon with the ball with his right hand. And so some people are like, well, man, he tapped the outside of the pylon. But the pylon is a touchdown, it's a touchdown, it's a touchdown, it's a touchdown forever. Anytime you touch it. So great play by him, touchdown by the Kansas City Chiefs. Towards the end of the game, the Hawks go on a drive. Ten plays, 75 yards for the second week in a row. Geno finds Noah Fenton in the end zone, making a score 24-10. Medcalf now comes wide to the near side. Smith out of the shotgun. Looks to the middle of the field. Now he's going to scramble right. Now he's going to throw. Ball is caught. Touchdown, Seahawks. Noah Fant in the back of the end zones. Almost nonchalantly brings that one in. A six-yard touchdown strike from Geno Smith. And the first touchdown scored by the Seahawks today. 
I would say that this was like a mini scramble drill. You had Geno drop back, and then he um, scrambled a couple steps to the right there. Noah Fant kind of pivoted and kind of was running along the back of the end zone, and Geno found him. And it took him a while to get to the end zone, just like Rabel said. That was the first one, and that was in the fourth quarter, I believe, right? But um, a good play by the Hawks, I mean, a good play by the tight end. We need more of it. We need more of it. More of it. Tight ends get involved, especially against the Jets coming up this week. It was just – a little too little too late. Defense played well enough to keep them in the game. The offenses couldn't find their stride, man. When we return, we will give you our unsung hero that is next on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio, 97.3 FM. Merry Christmas, everybody listening to us today. Unfortunately, the Hawks were unable to give you an early Christmas gift. But uh, you know what? They can give you a post-Christmas gift, maybe a New Year's gift next, uh, next week against the Jets. But we're going to focus on the Kansas City Chiefs in this game for this segment. It's called the unsung hero. Every game, there's a guy who performs, who probably doesn't get the love that he deserves. And, uh, you know, we like to shout those guys out, man, because it's not always about who got the most yards, who made the most tackles, who was impactful in their own special way. So that's why we're showing love to the unsung hero. I like it. I've been the unsung hero a couple of times, right? That's not bad. I ain't nothing wrong with being unsung. Not a bad hero, spot man. to that, be. That, yeah. means you, that means you're getting work done. You know? Get it done. Yeah. Put that put that hard hat on. <laughs> bring that metal lunch pail. Go that, to work. Exactly. You have to have the metal lunch pail. Hey, you got the metal lunch pail. Hey, you working? You, you working? working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you serious out here? Yeah. For Who sure. got the metal lunch pail for you today, Big Ray? Man, it's uh, it. I don't know. It's kind of hard. Like I, I, I wanted to go with uh, DK just because DK showed some maturity to me because I felt like this was a game where he could have gotten into his feelings and gotten frustrated and things, but he had nine targets with seven receptions and 81 yards. Um, And then also, I mean, I know we we give this dude a hard time, but, you know, Cody Barton made a bunch of tackles. I know sometimes he, you know, the the guys were catching the ball in the flat and he was, you know, know, showing up and making a tackle, but he was around the ball. Daryl Taylor, who, you know, has been playing a little bit more lately and has been a little bit better since, Bruce Irvin has been here, had four total tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss, and a quarterback hit. So um, my heart wants to go uh, with Daryl Taylor just because I just have okay. – I went into the season thinking that this dude was going to have double-digit sacks. His, his, the season got derailed a little bit. He's still at six sacks you know, after today. And, uh, and I think he's been trying to play better football in the last few weeks. And so I'm going to go with Daryl Taylor. DT. Mm. He messed you up, huh? Because you was going to go with – I think I know who you're going with. Hey, man, I'm going with a gentleman that's special. Okay. That is special. When we say special, we talk about special teams, man. Special teams is the X factor, and I wrote down in my notes so I can get this gentleman's name right. That's what I'm saying. Mr. Godwin Igwe Burike. Buke. Buke. Uh. (laughs) But my man is balling, though, man. He is balling, and he's bringing a spark that we – Need man, we need that that third thing on special teams, man. And if we could change that field position on a regular basis, man, and kind of have this thing looking like Devin Hester ish. I know I'm kind of jumping the gun on that, but <laughs> that was changing games, right? And it, and that makes a team hard to plan for because you have to plan so much and put so much emphasis on that special team. So Godwin. Igwe, Buke. Yeah. <laughs> UK. And I said it a little lower, make sure I got go. it right. So, there yeah, sir, keep doing your thing. Yeah, I'm uh, number 38, I believe he wears, right? Yes. I'm happy for 3A, man. Um, I'm a return guy myself. 
So um, I'm going to go with Godwin too, man. I like it. He uh, he made the field short for them. Didn't capitalize on an offense all right. day. Didn't really capitalize on things. But he's kept these guys in the game. And those are yardage that will be lost, that no one's going to remember. All these people who are texting in their opinions about this, that, and the third, they'll forget about a guy like Godwin because – they didn't capitalize on it, or he didn't take it to the house. Right, we don't right. see kid returns to the house very often anymore. Uh, we don't see pump returns to the house. So I'm with it, but I also like yours too, Big yeah. Ray. Because well, uh, DT, DT needs, needs, he needs to have success. Love, man, yeah. yeah. And But I can go with Godwin too because, like, the Sam Sissel game, he was doing the same thing. He had a couple you know, really long kickoff returns that kind of right. set the offense up right. that they didn't take advantage of. So two weeks in a row, uh, and, and he's been doing it since they put him back there, that's not a mistake. That means that the guy has that something about him. Uh, that uh, that he can find the yardage in the return game. All right, we got our guys, man. We like some Godwin again. Check out his short documentary, man. It's uh, the long way. It's what it's called on YouTube. All right, when we return, we are gonna look forward to the playoff picture. What needs to happen to make sure the Hawks get in? That's coming up next on your home for the Seahawks. Seattle Sports 710 and is Radio 97.3 FM. Welcome back to the Seahawk. No, this is Hawk Talk, man. This is Hawk Talk, Big Ray, and that's uh, Michael Jackson. That's my guy. Santa Claus is coming to town. I told my kids he might not come to town. Y'all keep acting up. Ooh. <laughs> Threats. Y'all keep acting up. I will tell Santa Claus to skip past his house and go next door. They're gonna get some coal in their uh, in their stockings. Here's a call. Now they're gonna get a list of chores. Is what they're gonna get. Do <laughs> you guys ever feel like you want to just tell the kids it's you, and it's not Santa? Well, I tell them. That I I listen right I contribute I contribute that out the bag if they're listening then you know you're way with pops you're way too mature (laughs) (laughs) get off the radio son they just kidding they 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 just playing (laughs) them is jokes. I was fooling y'all oh man but it's time to look at the playoff picture here's what needs to happen all right we're looking at the commanders we need them to lose they're down seven points to the Niners. The New York Giants lost today. The Lions lost today. So if the Niners can do what they're supposed to do, we can show up next week like nothing happened, Big Ray. We can show up like this was all a dream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's what we're hoping for right now. Uh, absolutely. You know, I think uh, you know as, as much as this fan base hates to, to root for the 49ers or the Rams, uh, this is a, an opportunity to root for the 49ers so that we can uh, be in that same spot that we were before the day started. And then the Seahawks have two, I hate to say it because we haven't won lately, but two winnable games down the stretch uh, and uh, against the Rams at home at the end of the year. And then um, they have the Jets next week. So uh, the Commanders have the Browns and the Cowboys and the Giants have the Colts and the Eagles. So there's still a chance that the, that the Seahawks can, you know, they're still fighting. They're still living. They're still playing meaningful games. And I think Quandre said it in the, in the, uh, in his press conferences or post game conferences that you know at the beginning of the season no one thought they would even be in this situation right. to be in it for for a um, uh, for a playoff spot so here they are right in the mix of it and like they say when you get into the show or when you get into the tournament you know who knows what may happen and this is why we sit up here every week bump and we say let's stay positive right. let's give the team a chance let's be patient because you never know. What can happen? And now this is real life now. We still have a chance. Everything, you know, injuries have happened. We've lost some games that we should have won, but now we're right here in this spot and we still have a chance. So if we went in the tank early and just threw away the season and was talking about rebuilding all that kind of stuff, we wouldn't be in the right spot to even give ourselves a chance. So this is why. 
Facts. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is that the playoffs, essentially, for the Seahawks start now. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because they have to win these games. So that's playoff experience or atmosphere mm. for some of these young dudes, you know, to kind of understand how, I mean, I remember my first playoff game, you know, I was, what, seven years in the league by then. And the first playoff game, I felt like it was a million people on the field and they were flying around 8 million miles an hour. Like right. the intensity just went up that much more. And so uh, to be able to experience that in the regular season and, uh, and get yourself ready for that run, I think it could, it could be a benefit to the team. You know what's crazy is that you say the playoffs start now, right? We could have literally said the playoffs started three weeks ago. Like, right. they've had three weeks to kind of reset. Like, no, nah, I start now. No, 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 this week for real. <laughs> no, no, but this week, it really this starts. This week? <laughs> like, if the Niners can do what they're supposed to do, they have a chance to hit that reset button three times before the season ends. And how valuable is that, to have that feeling of that intensity? I've never played in a game in the NFL that meant anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> After the first few weeks, it's like, all right, man, we ain't got a squad. <laughs> this ain't going to happen. So the fact that these guys are playing meaningful football the last three to four weeks, um, that's going to help them in their growth, true? Absolutely, absolutely, man. And when it comes down to kind of looking at the big picture, just looking at the season in general, the football gods are giving this team a chance, right? Things are just kind of falling into place. So if Pete Carroll can continue to preach that, okay, we have to stay in and we have to be mentally in it, we have to get better, we have to remain positive, and we got to be accountable. So all these teachable moments is only making this team better and it's making the young guys grow up quick. And I think that's a good thing. And you um, still got a chance, man. So, yeah, Hawks, just keep doing your thing, man, and we'll see. We will see. Even looking at even the bigger picture, I mean, how many teams are fighting for the playoff berth right now and have a top five pick in the draft? You mm. know what I'm saying? Like that that's huge right mm. there. To yeah. like most teams that are fighting for the playoffs, you ain't getting a top five pick nah. in the draft. You know, and so like you think about the draft capital they have next year that's gonna go along with this experience that they're getting down the stretch mm. here. And if they make mm-hmm. the playoffs, that's even better. And you're gonna get to, you know, kinda keep shaping the the roster with some great talent uh come draft time. So you're telling me we got the best of both worlds. We have the best. That was that I just want to say my guy uh Price Roberts, my son pointed that out to Did me he? last night. Okay, Price. Yes. Price go Vikings. Portland State. <laughs> Portland State Commit, signing. Baby. Yes sir. Let's go. go. All right, fellas man, it's been fun. Let's Absolutely. do it again next week, huh? Let's do it. New Year's Day. Don't do too much New Year's Eve, fellas. I need you here. All right. Today's final score, Chiefs 24, Seahawks 10. You've been listening to Hot Talk on Seattle Sports 710 and Kyra News Radio 97.3 FM. I'd like to thank the people who make our broadcast possible. Scoreboard updates by Curtis Rogers. Production assistant is Nashant Kantapudi. Studio coordinators Brady Rovick and Nathan Gamet. Executive producer of the Seahawks Radio Network is Nasa Chobi. The Seahawks are back at Lumen Field next Sunday to take on the New York Jets on New Year's Day. Pre-game coverage begins at 10 a.m. on our Seattle Sports Stations. For Ray Roberts, Marcus Trufant, I'm Michael Bumpus. Hawks fall to the Chiefs 24-10.